Good evening and welcome to KCAL Old Time Radio on Jess FM 105.9. I'm Doug Fain, one of the producers and directors of the KCAL Old Time Radio Troupe in downtown Nicholasville. We perform live four times a year to benefit the Creative Art League of Jessman County. But we also perform for you the last Sunday night of every month right here on Jess FM 105.9. And tonight's the night. This evening we're going to be bringing you two short shows. One of them is a Valentine's show called The Bickersons, a comedy that was on the radio back in the 40s. And first up, though, we'll bring you one called Curtains. This is a romantic drama brought to you out of the old Rudy Valley program back in the 30s. So sit back and enjoy the KCL Old Time Radio Troupe here on Jess FM 105.9. Curtain, please. Just a room, a not-too-prosperous-looking room in an eminently respectable boarding house somewhere within commuting distance of Broadway. A pretty young lady in a not-very-pretty dressing gown stands before us, looking out into a garden. There is a rap at the door. Come in. I thought I heard you buzzing about, so I brought in your breakfast, ma'am. Oh, good morning, Miss Keppel. And bring the tray over here by the window. Oh, what time is it? Near noon. Really? So early. What an early riser I'm getting to be. Well, there you are, ma'am. Pull up that chair. You brought a cup for yourself? Oh, yes, I'm, I brought a cup for myself. I adore our chats. You know, just to sit and sip a bit of coffee with you, Miss Cameron, is like mixing with quality. Oh, well. Oh, muffins. Coffee, jam, bacon, and egg, and on my four pieces of butter. Four. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what shape I'll be in in another two weeks. Mrs. Kibble, do you think I'm getting any fatter? Well, I will say that you're a mite plumper than you was when you first come. Only a mite? In seven whole days, only a mite? Look again, Mrs. Kibble. Well, ma'am, if you really want the truth, I'd say you've took on a lot. A good lot since you first come. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Kibble. Thank you. Most women don't want to put on, miss. Well, maybe other women don't, but, well, you say I've always been told that there was no other woman in the world like me. I suppose there ain't no woman living that don't like to have that said to her once in a while. Well, especially if she's what I used to be, an actress. Oh, you never told me that before. Oh, and you seem so sort of respectable, too. Oh, oh, there's been no end of gossip. Well, I'm told people say awful things about me because... Well, you see, I've I've been in love with the same man for ten years. And not married to him? No, hadn't the time. Oh, dear me. But I'm going to take time now. That's the reason I've left the theater. Margaret that was is no more. Exit the old times. Enter the new. Goodbye, sweet yesterdays. Goodbye. Goodbye, big heartaches and other joys. Goodbye, hours of work and stolen hours of play. Goodbye, applause, music, flowers. 
they all march before me like brave little soldiers. The curtain has fallen for the last time on Margaret. Dear, beautiful, silly Margaret, that was. You mean you're giving up being an actress? Done. Once and for all. Never again, never again will I trod the dear old boards. Huh? Well, I mean, be an actress, Mrs. Kebble. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. Well, I'm glad to be able to say it. It takes a very strong heart to say some things, Mrs. Kebble. Well, it seems like you really got a hankering to go back to it. That's too bad. Oh, Mrs. Kebble, don't we all sometimes hanker, as you say, for the old days and the old ways? I suppose we do. Oh, but that's being taken care of. Seven sugars in my coffee this morning. Seven. Think of it. In another week, I'll have dimpled wrists. <laughs> and as for my ankles, oh, I shudder. That's how I'm tricking that foolish little feather-brained Margaret the actress. I'm afraid I don't understand, ma'am. Miss Kibble, no playwright, no matter how inexperienced he may be, ever made his heroine plump. Never. Oh, so you're putting temptation behind you by letting yourself get fat. No, I'm putting temptation behind my manager. Oh, I hope, I hope with all my heart that when he sees me, he'll he'll tear up whatever new play he may have for me, take me off somewhere and scold me soundly and and then marry me. Well, ma'am, if it'll keep you off the stage, I hope you get him. Oh, I intend to get him. Why shouldn't I? I've made both him and myself famous. Why, I've even been his income, Mrs. Kebble. And for all that, he never even proposed to you. Proposed to me? I think maybe he did once or twice a, a long time ago. Oh. But what's a proposal or two when when all life is before one? Oh, when there's so much work to do and so little time to get it done. Oh, when we are very young, Mrs. Kibble, we don't realize that sometime we'll come to want, oh, so much, all the little commonplace things, dishwashing and nice, splashy water, orders to the cook, a, a work basket with buttons in it, and butcher's bills to worry about, and noisy children under one's feet. Oh, all those things every woman in the world thinks she despises. If she had to give them up, she'd rather die. Oh, dear, there's somebody at the door. I'll come back soon. There's so many things I want to ask you. Oh, I will, dearie, I will. Now, let's see. Um, how does one make apple butter? Brandy, peach brandy. How is it made? Sponge cake, one dozen or two dozen eggs. Does one put soda and cornbread? And, and if so, <laughs> come in. Oh, you're back again, Mrs. Kibble. A man to see you, ma'am. A man? To see me? Mm-hmm. Now, how in the world did anyone know I was here? Margaret. Oh, it's you, Robert. Who the devil else would it be? Well, one never knows who might drop in on one down here in this sunny, peaceful solitude. You may go, Mrs. Kibble. Yes, ma'am. My word, where in the name of heaven did you get that makeup? Well, you mean my dressing gown and cap? Is that what you call them? 
Oh, they were given to me by an old admirer. Have you any idea how you look? Well, I had the mirror taken out of my room the very first day I came here. Huh? What I want to know is, why did you suddenly clear out of New York and land, of all places, here in this godforsaken village? Whimsy. Whimsy never brought you to a place like this. Tell me the truth. Need you ask? Look at that gorgeous sunshine, Robert. There are better suns in Palm Beach. Now, don't lie to me, Margaret. Why are you here? Here, in those frightful clothes. You look like the mother of a large family. Do I? Oh, do I really? Oh, say it again, Robert. I may say much worse if you don't tell me why you're here. I will tell you, Robert, for the first time in... Oh, I hate to think how long. I've run off to be by myself. I'm being domestic. Oh, the joy of it. Mrs. Kebble, she's the landlady, is teaching me how to bake bread. Well, last night I washed dishes. Piles of them. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to try to milk the cow. Milk the cow? Look here, Margaret. There's a train back to town in half an hour. Get your things together. But I'm not going back to town. Now look here, Margaret. You've been domestic for seven long days. That's quite enough for any woman. Robert, will you marry me? Well, what the... What? You know what a busy man I am. I haven't wasted seven days trying to find you without taking another off to marry you. Will you marry me? Oh, we could have a sweet apartment in town, and, and maybe I could learn to cook things. Sweet apartment? Drafty and thoroughly uncomfortable. I've lived in peace at my club for years, and if I should leave now... Oh, for the third and last time, Robert. Will you marry me? Are you playing a part or what? I don't know, Robert. I'm never quite sure anymore whether I'm acting or not. But I believe if I am acting... This is the most serious part I've ever played. You know very well, with just one nod of that pretty head of yours, you could have any one of half a hundred of the best men in New York. You could have them all at once if you insisted. Speak for yourself, Robert. I am. The 50 includes me. For years, Margaret, I begged you. I beseeched you. I implored you. I did everything in the world but crawl around after you on my knees. Now, now I remember there, there was some reason why I wouldn't marry you. That was it, Robert. That was it. You didn't get down on your knees to me. Nothing of the sort. If you'd ever given me half a chance, I'd have followed you to the length of Fifth Avenue on my knees. But, oh, no. You insisted, always insisted, that your work, I think you used to call it art in those days, came first. Oh, so it did it in those days. One has so many ridiculous ideas when one is so very young. Robert, Robert, I I suppose you couldn't get down on your knees now, could you? What? Get down on my knees? Of course not. Oh, then farewell, romance. Yes, farewell. And a good job it is, too. Right now, when I'm about to tackle the greatest play I've ever produced, you suddenly develop temperament, run off, and hide yourself. And I thought I understood women. But why? Why didn't you tell me in the first place that you had a new play? What's it about? Well, a gypsy girl. <gasps> gypsy? Oh, I can wear a black wig, and what's my first entrance line like? Mar marvelous. L listen to this. No, no, no. Don't read it to me. Tell me about it. How many changes do I have? Twelve. 
Not really. Twelve? Oh, it's too good to be true. Modern? Ultra modern. Oh, how long is my part? You say everything. The others just answer yes and no. Oh, and, and the end. What's the end like? While bells from a distant church are softly pealing, you die on the sofa in your lover's arms. Curtain. No. No, 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 that won't do. No, I've played tragedies for the last three seasons, Robert. We've got to have a happy ending. We've got to have a happy ending. Well, then we'll rewrite the last act. There's a possibility of a happy ending. You can uh, marry a young Russian prince who comes in as, as atmosphere in the first act. That'll make him earn his salary. Rehearsals begin today after tomorrow. Now, run along and get your things on. That's a good child. Oh, I shall, Robert. I shall. I can't wait to read the play. We'll read it together on the train back to town. Let's be off. I'll send someone after your trunks tomorrow. Trunks? Well, I haven't any. You? Down here without trunks? No baggage? Trunks. Trunks belong to Margaret the actress. Oh, you'll have to go back to town alone, Robert. I... I've forgotten for the moment. I've retired from the theater. Now look here, Margaret. If you think that... No, no, no. There's no good arguing. There's no good talking. I tell you, Margaret the actress is no more. I said goodbye to her this morning. I've been saying goodbye to her for seven days. She was hard to get rid of. All that is left is nice, cozy Margaret the housewife. You have no use for her in your theater. Retired from the theater? Don't talk such blasted foolishness. My play. What'll I do? I'll lose every cent I've got. I'll be ruined. After all these years, you've worked so hard. Oh, that'll be too bad. That will be too bad. I tell you, I'll end up in the poorhouse. Like every other fool that tries to produce plays. Oh, no, Robert. Oh, yes, Margaret. Oh, that would be disastrous. Robert. Robert, will you... No, no, I I'd forgotten. I asked you that once, three times before. I will. By George, I will. Will what? You know very well what. Margaret, you little devil, will you marry me? No, Robert, I will not. Well, <laughs> I, I, I give up. What's the matter with you today? Now, Margaret! Oh, it's no good. Go back to town with your old play. Leave me alone with my broken heart. Margaret, I'm down on my knees to you. Will you marry me? Say it again. I will not say it again. I'll be... Oh, shh. Sweetly, Robert. Sweetly. Margaret, my dear, will you marry me? Let me see... When? Now. Tomorrow. Next day. Whenever you will. Yes, Robert. I think I will marry you. Now get up and kiss me. Margaret, I've kissed you. A thing I've wanted to do for ten years. And for almost ten years, I've wanted you to. Don't ever go away from me again, Margaret. Don't ever let me. Well, that's the first half of our show. It was a small romantic drama called Curtain, and it was part of the Rudy Valley Royal Gelatin Hour, which aired on February the 18th, 1937. 
Well, I hope that you have enjoyed our program so far, the KCAL Old Time Radio Show here on Jess FM. And in listening to our program, you might think, well, it sounds kind of weird. That's because we even go so far as to try to make it sound like it would have sounded back in the 30s and 40s coming across the airwaves on those old radios they used back then. Now, the KCAL troupe performs old-time radio replications four times a year in downtown Nicholasville. We do it on behalf of the Creative Art League of Jessamyn County. When you come to one of our shows, you will actually see us perform a play uh, showing you how it kind of would have looked like back in the 30s and 40s if you had walked into an old-time radio show and watched those people perform the program. Of course, we have to add our own special KCAL twist to all of our shows. Our next live show, in fact, is coming up in April, and we'll have more details for for you about that on these upcoming broadcasts here on Jess FM. Or you can go and become a member of our Facebook page. Just go in and search KCAL Old Time Radio Shows. Now, we'll get back to our program here. We broadcast these shows on KCAL. It's exclusive for Jess FM. The shows you hear here on the radio, you'll not see us perform in our live shows. And conversely, you won't see us perform anything we do here on on the stage. The second half of our program in honor of Valentine's Day, which is coming up in a few weeks, we turn to a broadcast from February the 13th of 1948. It was an episode of the Bickersons. Now the Bickersons was a husband and wife and they get their name because that's basically all they do is bicker with each other. But it's a funny program. Here's Valentine's Day with the Bickersons. and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. do not resound with the persistent snoring of husband John. There can only be one reason for this astounding phenomenon. John Bickerson is not home. Two o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson on the telephone with Sister Clara. Let's listen. What did you say, Blanche? I said I haven't heard from John since he left for work. You'd think he'd telephone me or something. Well, maybe he tried to call. You've had the phone tied up for over an hour, Blanche. You called me three times. He's never done this before. I think he wants to upset me. He gets so angry every time I spend a dollar. He says I'm the biggest spendthrift in California. Am I, Clara? I don't think so. Well, John does, and you know how careful I am about my money. Yes, Blanche. Well, I have to give the baby his bottle. You do? What time is it there in New York? It's almost 5.30 in the morning. Georgie gets a bottle every two hours now. He's 
four weeks old. Well, he isn't gaining much, though. Well, what does he weigh? Sixty-one pounds. <laughs> I don't like the doctor we have now. He thinks George is too heavy. I think he's the cutest little thing I ever saw. Did John's shoes fit him all right? Well, they pinch a little in the toes. Oh, you can get them fixed. Oh, I think John's here. Goodbye, Clara. John? I can't find the blasted light switch. Oh, I'm so glad you're home, sweetheart. I'm in here. Huh? Never mind the lights. Come right to bed, darling. Oh, I must have the wrong apartment. Excuse me, madam. John, come back here. Oh, hello. Where have you been? Working. Let me get undressed. I'm exhausted. Why didn't you call? Now, don't throw your good coat on the floor, John. You can sweep it up in the morning. <laughs> no call, no message, no nothing. Why didn't you call? Didn't have a nickel. You did, too. You had a quarter in your pocket this morning. Who'd you take to dinner tonight? The whole chorus from Earl Carroll's. That's me, boy. Diamond Jim Vickerson. Don't be so funny. I'm not funny. I'm exhausted. I bet you never even thought of calling me. Other men call their wives. If Mel Shaw leaves the house for even five minutes, he calls Louise. He calls her what? Fat lot you care about me. I've been sitting here worrying myself into a stew. What did you eat? Stew. John Vickerson, let me look at you. Are you sure you've been at the office till now? Well, where do you think I've been? I don't know. You didn't pass the cocktail bar on your way home, did you? I never pass the cocktail bar. That's what I thought. You had a drink. I did not. You had more than one. I didn't have any. Then why are you trying to take your pants off over your head? What pants? This is a sweater you made for me out of your old slacks. I'm the only man in town with a V-neck seat. Stop complaining. It keeps you warm. Put out the lights, Blanche. I can't hold my eyes open. John, you're not going to sleep in that horrible old sheepskin vest. Well, I'm cold. Take it off. It looks hideous. Nobody sees it. Now you just get up and put on some pajamas. I hate pajamas. They strangle me. Well, you can't wear that thing. Can too. What if there's a fire? I won't go. Good night, Blanche. You just get out of that bed and hang up your clothes. And don't leave them for me. Blanche, I'm sleepy. I'm always crawling under the dresser and picking up your collar buttons. Pick up your ties and pick up your handkerchiefs. What do you think I am, a vacuum cleaner? No, Blanche, a vacuum cleaner could be turned off. <laughs> Look, Blanche, do me a favor, will you? I worked 18 hours today. Just let me close my eyes for a couple of hours, will you? I'm afraid the minute you fall asleep, you'll start snoring. Oh, I won't snore. I never snore. How can you say that? You've never missed a single night since the second day we were married. Mm. You snore on Monday. You snore on Tuesday. On Wednesday, you snore. On Thursday, you snore. So what do you do tonight? <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> Nobody would believe it. <laughs> I'm married to a cellar pump. <laughs> John, John, you <laughs> promised you wouldn't snore.
door. And the minute you close your eyes, you start it. Blanche, what do you want from me? I won't stand for it. Now you go sleep in the guest room. We haven't got a guest room. If you were a good husband, you'd see that we had two guest rooms. <sighs> you used to have plenty of ambition before we were married. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to your get up and go? It got up and went. <laughs> I might have known you'd be like you are. Selfish, inconsiderate, and thoughtless. You didn't even send me a Valentine's card. St. Valentine's Day isn't until tomorrow. It's still tonight. Tonight was yesterday. Today is tomorrow. What? And I know you didn't send a card because you didn't send me one last year. Well, I forgot last year. You always forget. You forgot my birthday. Bet you don't even know when you married me, do you? No, I don't. John Bickerson, you don't know when you married me. When? Oh, I thought you said why. I suppose you think you're a great catch. I could have married half a dozen of the wealthiest men in this town. But no, I had to fall for your smooth talk. You kept calling me your buried treasure, didn't you? Didn't I what? Didn't you always call me your buried treasure? Maybe I did. Well, what have you got to say now? I'm sorry I dug you up. <laughs> Good night, Blanche. Sorry you dug me up. There wasn't another girl in our crowd who even gave you a second look. Oh, I don't know about that. Most of those dames thought I had what it takes. Maybe you had it, but who took it? <laughs> what did I get out of this marriage? Jewels? No. Clothes? No. Money? No. What did I get? No. I'll tell you what I got. A one-room apartment and a leaky icebox. Leaky icebox. Every night my pillow was wet from my tears. Put a pan under it. You're not listening to me. You don't care what happens. I wish I'd never been born. Oh, Blanche, what's the matter with you? Why don't you go to sleep? How can I sleep? How can I sleep when I know that you don't love me? Who said I don't love you? Well, you never tell me you do. I tell you a thousand times a day. I offered to pay a man $50 for a six-inch tattoo that says, John loves Blanche. Why did you object? Because it would show when I wore my evening gown. <laughs> well, I, I was going to let him do it on me, too. Anything to put a stop to that same question night after night after night. If you'd only say it once on your own accord, I'd never ask you. Okay. I love you. Do you love me only? Yes. When I'm away from you? Yes. Well, say it. I love you only when you're away from me. <laughs> I guess you do. Maybe that's why you stayed out. Cavorting until 2 o'clock this morning. I wasn't cavorting. I was working. What for? Because I get paid overtime and we need the money. I have to make a payment on my car next week. $84. Well, where will you get that? I've got it. It's in the desk drawer. No, it isn't. It is, too. I looked yesterday. Well, you didn't look today. Oh, Blanche. There's only $60 in that drawer, John. Well, what happened to the other $24? Well, don't look at me. Listen, Blanche, there are only two people who have a key to that drawer. You and I. And $24 is missing. Well, let's each put back $12 and say no more about it. I knew it. I knew it. What did you blow it on? I had to pay the phone bill. I made a few long-distance calls. Long-distance calls? Uh, who did you call for $24? My sister, Clara. I was worried. She had a tooth pulled. How could you squander my money like that? I deny myself everything. Do I buy toothpaste? No. I've been brushing my teeth with a whisk broom. <laughs> I stick tinfoil in my cavities to save on dentist bills. I've been wearing an upper plate that belongs to my cousin. And she calls New York every five minutes. Don't make such a fuss. 
Clara is my only sister, and I have the perfect right to call her. Anyway, Barney's in the hospital. Who's Barney? Clara's husband. When he was out looking for a job, he tripped over a bar rail and two cases of bourbon fell on his head. Well, it's the first time the drinks were ever on him. How can you say that? Barney's not cheap. He takes good care of Clara. She has a lovely home, and they've got money for everything. Oh, sure. Money for everything. Don't sneer. Last week, Clara had her tonsils taken out and Venetian blinds put in. With a mouth like hers, they could do it. <laughs> that bum Barney isn't working. Where'd they get the dough? Accident insurance. He's collected a fortune on accident insurance. Every time Clara has a baby, he jumps off the roof. What? Oh, he doesn't hurt himself too bad. Just enough to collect the insurance. You haven't got any, have you, John? No, I don't want to talk about it. I want to sleep. Well, let's suppose something happens to you. What if you have an accident and you can't work? Well, then we'll starve. We're starving now. Oh, that's too bad. It's easy for you to talk like that. If anything happened, I'd be left helpless and destitute. Why don't you get some accident insurance, John? I'll get some next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Why don't you get it now? What? Go on, get up and get some accident insurance. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's almost 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, people have accidents all hours of the night. I'm not going to have any accidents tonight. How do you know? Blanche, why don't you let me sleep? Well, just promise you'll get some accident insurance. Why? Because it's a wonderful protection. Clara told me two weeks ago a man broke his hip and got $5,000. Last week, Barney fractured his skull and got $10,000. Well, what about it? Next week, you may be the lucky one. <laughs> Good night, Blanche. Good night, John. And there you have it. The KCAL Old Time Radio Show on Jess FM 105.9. We hope you enjoyed our show, and we hope you'll tune in next month when we'll be on the air Sunday, February the 26th at 8 p.m. Exclusively for you here on Jess FM 105.9.